1: Are you in a place where that can happen? Are you in a place where you could help a single mom that can't even pay a bill? Are you in a place where you'd love to come alongside and do that? That means you have to get involved. You can't stand aloof. You can't just come and make this a drive through church. We have to be family, we have to stop faking it. We have to
0: start taking a risk. Being accountable helps you be real, authentic, keep sharp, and grow spiritually. Today, Pastor Mark delivers an emotional message we all need to hear. He teaches that the Christian life isn't immune from stress financial, physical, or emotional. We all have burdens. He says that some of you are hiding and hurting. You put your nice face on when your world is crumbling around you or is a lie. Friend, you need to learn how to open up instead of hide. Otherwise, you'll never grow spiritually. We all have pressures and challenges, but we weren't made to do it alone. We were made to do it with God and one another. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 28, verse 13, for his continuing study entitled, Wise or Foolish Lifestyle."
1: this body and this side of my body says well no we've got some work to do in fact there's a pastor's conference I'm going up to Merritt Island the pastor's conference now if this arm's going that way and this body's going that way we have a problem we have a problem in fact that's what actually happens when you have a stroke you see this side of the brain gets affected there's a stroke and it leaves the opposite side of the body not communicating so you, you can't flow together it's a sad thing to see Well, that's what happens, Paul says to the body of Christ, when I don't realize I'm related to you and you're related to me and I need you and you need me. We we can't just do our own thing. So God designed the church to be a place where we function together. He wants us to be active in our lives together. Vance Packard says this, listen. He calls America a nation of strangers. If you remember back, if you're 30 or 40 or 50 years old, you remember back when we used to build houses and the porch was in the front of the house. And the swing was out in the front. And all the neighbors come over and we talk and whenever you got to meet each other and bring cornbread and all that kind of jazz, we had a fun time. Kids are playing in the front. You know what we're like now? We drive our cars, we go through our gated communities. We push the button, we get in, we close that gate. Nobody's coming by my porch. We get down to our home, we get there, we might say hi to a neighbor, we don't, I thought that's as good as we do, hi. We pull into our driveway, we push the garage door opener, the door goes up, we get into the house, we push the garage door opener, the door goes down, we go to the back porch. And when we go to the back porch, it's fenced in in a yard. And we're all alone. That's what we've done to ourselves. We're a nation of strangers in every aspect of our life. And God says, shouldn't be that way. Never should be that way. Never designed that way. But we say, well, I'm too busy. Leave me alone. Now you see in front of me a cross. That's what this stands for. That's what this pulpit is. It has a vertical aspect and it has a horizontal aspect. You see, the cross really is a great picture of what God wants in our life. You say, well, how? Well, the first of the four Ten Commandments have to do with how I relate to God but he gave me six how I relate to one another he knew I'd have trouble with that he knew you'd have trouble with that so there's four how to react with God to be a friend of God there's six how to be a friend to each other how to interact with each other the cross is that perfect picture now I want you to see what happens listen to this statement 40% 40% of Americans say they frequently have an intense feeling of loneliness. Four out of ten. Now, how could that happen when you're around 900 people sitting in here? Could still be lonely? Well, sure. Absolutely. Because we have no intimate relationships with others. Now, I want you to, I want you to just see something very interesting what have we done so far? Well, we've done some good things. We worship. We're getting a good dose of the Word. We're kind of being challenged in our hearts. That's what's supposed to be happening. So, so what's happening in our life? It's this. We sit for an hour and a half. We're getting the Word. That's good. We're worshiping. That's good. I'm glad you're here. It's excellent. We're growing. But as far as one and one, here's how we do. We're sitting here looking at the back of somebody's head for an hour and a half. And you've looked at it. You know, the bald head that's wrinkled down at the bottom. and that's going, You've looked at it. You see the person with the dandruff, and you say, Man, oh man, what, what's wrong with them? That's about as intimate as it gets. And then we leave after an hour and a half and say, Wow, I'm really related to those people. Are we? Not a chance. Not a chance. Jesus, when he was with his disciples, gave a lot of commands. And then throughout the Bible, we see more of these commands. They're called the one another commands. The one another commands. In other words, I'm supposed to be doing these things with you. Well, what are they? Let me show you a few on the overhead. Not all of them, just a few, quickly. I'm to love you, receive and greet, submit, serve and confess and forgive and encourage. How can I do that if I don't even know your name? Now, there's no way for me, Here, I can't know all your names. I can't be intimately involved with all of you. But I have a core group of guys. I meet with the pastors every week individually. And then as a group. And I also meet with the elders every other week. That's the group where I do these things. They begin to know me. I know them. That's what keeps me accountable. Now look at the next. Here's the opposite. Don't devour Irritate, be jealous, speak evil, lie, provoke, judge. So I got do's and I got don'ts. Every week on Friday, unless I'm on vacation, I call another pastor across the state, call Dixon, or he calls me. And we usually spend 45 minutes to an hour. I know him and he knows me. And that's who I relate to. You, You see, let me ask you this morning. Are you obeying these commands? Are there one or two or three people or five that you can say, I'm practicing those one another suggestions? No, they're commands. Same guy that wrote earlier said, do these things. You see, Jesus did this. And in fact, when he was with his disciples, he he left this, this. Just write it down, John 13, 34. He says, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I love you. You must love one another. Love one another You must love one another this is, this is the thing I'm trying to get across to you this morning From my heart I was at the doctors having my physical One of the gals said I had my Calvary Chapel shirt on or whatever And she said, oh that's the big church on Minton So yeah Another place The gal says, Calvary Chapel I went by on Christmas Eve What the heck's going on? Police, cars, what, what is going on in that building? Somebody else this week, said, oh, you're in that building, that's, they're always building there. What are you doing? <laughs> now, is that what we want to be known for? No, that's fine. Here's what I want this building to be known for. There's people to build. When people walk in this campus, the love of God oozes all over them. Well, how's that going to happen? Not from a hot fud Sunday. It's going to happen from you and I doing those one another commands. You see, that's why he left the church here. My heart's desire is when people come the very first time, they go, wow, I'm going to be okay here. I'm going to be loved here. I can fit in. They don't care where I came from. And that's exactly right. God isn't interested in your past. He's interested in your future. See, but that takes love. And that's hard because I don't want to love you. I want to do my thing. You're here this morning saying, well, I'm a private person. (laughs) That doesn't matter. I'm too busy. The church is too big for intimacy. That's a lie. I've been in churches. I've been in churches all my life. I've been in churches of 50 that were miserable to be in. Miserable to be in. I don't have problems in my life. I'm fine. You will. Number one, you have one now. You'll need people. Write this down. Spiritual growth doesn't happen alone. We need to pattern our lives after Jesus. Jesus spent much of his time touching people. He wasn't into tasks. He was into people. He loved to be around them. People must always take priority over projects, paper, and production. I love the building. But that's not the focus. It's about people. Are you involved with people? Do you have one or two or three people you know that you could just open your heart to? Turn back to Proverbs 28, 13. 28, 13. Jesus took 12 guys. They were so diverse. And they just sharpened themselves off after each other and they became such a unit that they changed our world and that's why we're here this morning. Proverbs 28 18 excuse me 13 13. See God's put us in relationships so people can balance me challenge me protect me and encourage me. I'm not balanced by myself. I'm out of balance. So are you. I need the other temperaments of people. To keep me balanced. I need somebody that can challenge me from time to time. I need people that can protect me and encourage me. So do you. Proverbs 28, 13 says this. He who conceals his sins does not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Do you have somebody you can confess to in confidence? And they would pray with you? There's a story from Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers ever. He said, A duke boarded a galley ship and went below and talked to the criminals who were there rowing the, rowing the boat. When in, inquiring of those people, he said to them, Why are you here? Why were you sentenced to this boat, this prison boat? And they say, every single one except one person said, Well, I was innocent or the judge was bribed. One man said to Spurgeon, uh, I stole money. I deserve to be here. It's my punishment. The duke said to this man, You scoundrel, you! What are you doing here among all these other honest men? (laughs) He told him, Get out of here and get upstairs. Later in the privacy between the duke and this man, the duke ordered the prisoner to be set free because he admitted his guilt. You see, being accountable helps me to be real, authentic, to keep sharp, And to grow spiritually. Now the world says to me, don't you dare open up. Definitely to a a guy, this is what the world says. Guys, it's okay to cry. If you can't, something's wrong. And there'll be a day you will cry. So, I, I need to open up myself. That's what I was made to do. I wasn't made to hide myself. But in our society, where we drive in and close the garage door, we want to hide ourselves. And man, can we do it now with the internet? Can we do it? If you want to grow spiritually, you cannot hide yourself. Right now in this building, right here this morning, some of you are hurting and hiding. Some of you have a nice face on. Your marriage is crumbling. Or you're involved in some kind of a sinful pattern that you can't break. You've heard discouraging news about your health this week. You've been attending church all your life and people think you're a Christian and you absolutely know you're not. Or you're facing with some kind of a life challenge. All of those things. Some of you are hurting and hiding and nobody here knows. It's not right. It was never meant to be that way. The Christian life is not immune from stress and financial, physical, emotional, whatever. We all have burdens. God help us. I have burdens. You have burdens. We have the pressure of the church trying to do everything that God exactly wants us to do. It's pressure sometimes. But it's easy because I just roll it over on Him. We have family problems just like you do. We're all the same. We have health problems. You know, we're all the same. We weren't made to do it alone. We're made to do it with God and one another. These pressures of life, what happens is this, we get discouraged and we begin to hide. The very time we should come and say, I need help, we hide. We isolate ourselves. We fake it. I read this true story from a young single mom. Listen to this. True story. All this happened in a matter of moments. The washing machine had just broken down. The telephone kept ringing. And the mailman brought me a bill that I had no money to pay. Almost to the breaking point, true story, I lifted up my one-year-old, put him in his high chair. I leaned my head against the tray, and I began to cry. Without a word, my son, my one-year-old, took his pacifier out of his mouth and stuck it in mine. <laughs> hmm. There'll be times in life when someone needs to stick a pacifier in our mouth. You see, from a little child, he wanted to do what helped. Are you in a place where that can happen? Are you in a place where you could help a single mom that can't even pay a bill? Are you in a place where you'd love to come alongside and do that? That means you have to get involved. You can't stand aloof. You can't just come and make this a drive-through church. We have to be family. We have to stop faking it. We have to start taking a risk. Let me just read this verse to you. Write it down. We don't have time. Just write it. Proverbs 12.25 says this. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. An anxious heart weighs a man down or a woman down, but a kind word. Are you in a place? Are you in a place where you can see somebody and go, "Whoa, they're hurting." You ever picked up the phone of a friend of yours and they put out five words and you go, whoa, well, what's wrong?" You know, just from talking to them, something's wrong. See, that's the kind of sensitivity we need here. Now, I can't do that with three thousand people, but I can do it with the core group, and so can you. Are you here where you can know? That somebody's weighed down with the power. And secondly, w- would you take a risk and encourage them? A word of encouragement? Not not step on them and say, what is wrong with you? Come on, get with the program. Could you could you give a word of encouragement? Turn me to Timothy. 2 Timothy, toward the end of the Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I want to talk to you about Paul. Paul was raising a young man named Timothy. Paul was always around people. If you study Paul, he's always naming people's names. I love it. It's a challenge to me. He was praying for people. He, he's saying at his deathbed, bring them to me, man. I want to see these guys. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. Look what he says. He says to Timothy, his protege, the guy that he's involved with, that he's, he's bringing up, he says this. You, however, and I love this, Know all about, and just right after the word, right up on top there, just write the word me. You know all about me. Paul says, I'm not hiding. What you see is what you get. What did Timothy know about him? Look, you know about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance, my persecutions, my sufferings, what kind of things happened to me. And Antioch, I quote him in Lystra, the persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. Paul, Paul says, you know everything about me. I've opened myself to you, Timothy. I want you to grow. That's what I do. In my meetings with the young pastors. You see, at some time, I'm going to be passing the baton on. My goal is to die preaching. I don't care if I'm 85. As long as you can understand me, I'm going for it. (laughs) Now, if I drool and you can't get me, then I'm sure somebody will set me down. Give me a nice, encouraging word. But I'm... This is not a game. I'm trying to pass my life... To those young guys that are under me. That's what Paul was doing. Paul was sharpening Timothy and Timothy was sharpening Paul. And they were growing together for the good things of God. Look at this verse of Ecclesiastes. It's on the overhead for you. Ecclesiastes 10.10. 10. It says, if the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed. You ever chop a tree down with an old axe that had rust on it? Take you forever. But some guy comes by and sharpens it. Done. See, life without close friends, you you just can't hardly get it done. But if we have people around us and they're sharpening us, if we take time in small groups to get to know one another, but some way, guys, get yourself plugged in. Some way, it's foolish to isolate ourselves. Are you wise this morning or Foolish. You say, well, I come from another church pastor and I got hurt there. So what? Will you get hurt here? Yes. Can you outlive it? Yes. If not, you might as well just pull yourself, go over to Afghanistan, find one in the caves, and sit in there and hum till you die. <laughs> I don't mean to hurt people. We all hurt people. I get hurt. That's life. It's real. But in the middle of all that, it's exciting. There's love. Joy. Peace. New people come into life. Somebody says, how many Bibles can I buy? I love it. We need it. It sharpens me. You know the old, this was kind of a poem actually from a guy who wrote this thing, All I Ever Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Remember that one? It says, most of what I really know about life I learned in kindergarten. Wisdom was not at the tip of graduate school mountain, but here in the sandbox at the elementary school at the nurses' school. He says, here's a couple of them. I'll just share a few this morning. Uh, Here's the things I learned in kindergarten. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Put things back where you found them. Clean up your own mess. I like it. And listen what he said. When you get out into the world, watch for traffic, hold hands, and stick together. That's the church. That's what he wants. When you get out in the real world, have somebody... You can hold hands with. Stick together. Because God has already got you in his hand. And let's turn our world upside down. We are here in an incredible journey called life. I want you to listen to this. Put your thinking cap on just for a second. Listen, listen. I read it yesterday. I've read it before and you're going to hear it again. But Bill Heibel, it spoke to my heart. Bill Heibel says this. This life that you and I are now living is real life. This is not the teaser before the movie. This is not the pregame show. This is it. This is the one and only chance we get at this great adventure called living. And I want to say to you this morning, let's live it wisely, as God intended, in relationship with Him and in relationship with one another. Will you do something about sharpening your life? I'm encouraging you when you leave this morning to walk out this door and just mingle. Find a place, if it's not this week, next week. Find a place to do something different. Get involved somehow. I can't join you up. You have to do it. Come and join us as we do this thing called life.
0: Pastor Mark just concluded his message on the difference between wise and foolish lifestyles. He ended by saying that trying to get through life without close, godly friends is nearly impossible. For more than just the obvious reason of companionship, we're designed to hold each other accountable, lift each other up, and keep it real. Friend, if we're going to do life right, then let's do it with God together. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 4029, and the title of this message is Wise or Foolish Lifestyle. Again, today's message number is 4029, and the title of this message is Wise or Foolish Lifestyle. Our spiritual condition has a lot to do with our physical well-being. If you're into self-diagnosis, a quick check of WebMD will not yield any results. Next time, however, on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will cite portions of Scripture that have the critical information you need. Tune in for a full analysis of your syndrome and the recommended biblical alternatives to standard worldly treatments. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear